Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back, Talking Terror fans. It's your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this brand new episode. This week, it is the Mad Monkeys pick. He decided to go with 2005's The Skeleton Key, directed by Ian Softley. So we're going to be talking about that later on in the show. We're so glad that you're here with us and listening in, whether it's live on your July 4th Eve or sometime after, maybe on the weekend, maybe a month later, maybe two years later. Who knows when you're going to be listening to this shit? I don't care. Just listen. That's all I care about. Um, so, as always, I am joined by the bold, the beautiful, the not-so-far-from-home, Gorby Keith. What up, everybody? What is going on? I'm so glad to have you back. How have you been since we last spoke? Uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know, working hard, hardly working, and all the fun shit in between. Oh, hell yeah. I gotta love that. I also got to love the fact that I am off until Monday, so cannot wait. Extended weekend. So, yeah, the will watch the beers tonight. Yeah, excited. A nice long break is what I need. Uh, but we're also joined by the Mad Monkey, uh, he himself, of, out of Tapioca. But he's also missing Nurse Johnson because apparently she's gone down to Louisiana to take another job. And it's not cool, so we're going to find out who she's looking after. Or there's who to involve. Hey there, Fight Family. I'm the Michael Mad Monkey, and today your horror hosts are broadcasting to you live from Amity Island, where we are searching the water for sharks, searching the sky for UFOs, and searching your closets for ghosts. Why is that? Because it is our 4th of July episode, kitties. And if you're a fan of the show, then you already know that some fucked up <laughs> shit always happens on our 4th of July episodes. So let's light this candle, motherfuckers. How's it going, kitties? It, it does. <laughs> Are you going to light, like, fireworks really? out of your ass or something, man? Like, uh, you, you're setting this up. You better do something fucking cool tonight, monkey. <laughs> Videotape it. I'm, I'm telling you, man, there's going to be, like, bottle rockets and all that kind of shit going on. But it's just ever since the Independence Day episode, things just always end up being weird on the 4th of July episodes when we do this shit. So it's just, I don't, I don't so. know why. Oh, really? You want to go back and listen to the Independence Day episode? Yeah, that's the one. You keep saying everything after that for our Fourth of July episode is always fucked up. <laughs> you don't have an example, do you? <laughs> nope. What was that I was drinking? <laughs> you were, yeah. Like I was heavily talking about Will Smith's acting. Welcome to Earth. Thank you, Will Smith. Fabulous. Here's your option. Did you say Alabama chicken? Alabama no. chicken. No, <laughs> an Alabama. That's that sounds like a dirty thing you do. <laughs> you ever done an Alabama chicken with your girl? <laughs> no podcast you're listening to while you're on Not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not time for the Alabama chicken just yet. <laughs> well, well, it's where you take your cock and your pussy and <laughs> put them together. 
man. Yeah, let's talk about Tony, that. Let's talk about that ghoul. Our promo code from last week. Don't you knock my cock and pussy. Okay? Don't you <laughs> knock my cock and pussy. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, right from the, the get-go here, I do want to put a big shout-out to uh, to our, our listener, Sean, who, you know, went on there, purchased something from Bonfire Beat Designs, and made sure to put in there that she wants to see the cock, she wants to see the pussy, and she will get the cock and pussy. These things are going to be sent out on Friday. We had meant to send them out today. Couldn't get it. Forgot that tomorrow's 4th of July. So we do apologize. You were going to be one day behind, but they are going out on Friday. A big cock and a wide open pussy. Oh, man. That, that was just cool so awesome. Girl. <laughs> that was so awesome <laughs> that we, we had a listener actually respond to the promo code. That, that was cool as shit. <laughs> Yeah, somebody actually went to the end of the episode too. That was at the end that we talked about hashtag caucus questions. So that's amazing. Somebody's made it to the end. You did it, champ. You did it. Oh shit! Sometimes I have truly miraculous. That far, you know. I I sit there and I'm like, oh my god, is this ever gonna end? Yeah, I I make like a half hour and I'm like, all right, guys, gotta check out. Can't listen anymore. I gotta do. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Thank you, everybody. Good night. Thank you for listening to the 30-minute podcast. <laughs> but I think I do hear the demonic doctor who is in the house as well. Welcome back, Doc. Woo! Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Glad to hear Dr. someone is broadcasting live from the chicken coop. Good <laughs> news. Hey, the, ch- the chickens are kind of settled down this evening. Let's not invoke the fucking chickens. If you say, if you, if you call them or say something, they will start making noise. <laughs> Invoke the they all have an opinion. Like, <laughs> like, yes. like they're from another oh, dimension, like fucking Cthulhu. <laughs> Which is that? Is that one of the? Uh, is that? Did you take a picture of one of those cocks? Is that the cock picture that's going? One of your fucking chicken coop chickens? It's a big cock. That's what it is, man. It's Doesn't it's matter. All cool. Cool. Hey, that, that, I have a I big cock. You, it's all. It's all ghoul. Mm. What's important? Finish is my sentence. Go. If you Blank, go and put in the doodle pr- doodle. It, yeah. but but what's important is if you put in that promo code, you do get a picture of the cop, you do get a picture of the pussy. It, the promo code works. It's not a joke. It actually works. <laughs> it takes all sorts of pussies to make the ghoul pictures. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> so why? pussy gets in the ghoul pictures. <laughs> of course not. No, I'm very, I'm very picky about my pussy. <laughs> you have to be. You have to. You have to be selected. Are you serious? Picky, How could you even say that? You know what? In all the years I've known you, one thing yeah, that you, you certainly was that. never super picky about was some pussy. <laughs> I, knew, I knew the doctor was gonna. I knew there was just no way the doctor was gonna let me get away with that one. So you know what? Absolutely, that was a lie. Total lie. Not picky about the pussy. <laughs> Well, that, nowadays I'm a little. I mean, maybe times have changed. It. Maybe times have changed. Yes. but I don't know. They, they, they indeed <laughs> have. They indeed have. It's been a long uh, twenty-something years, you know. A little older, a little wiser. Trolling days of Asbury Park when it, you know, used to kind of look like a fucking a post-apocalyptic, bombed-out version of New York somewhere. With Muggsy Bogues and Cadillac to this day. Oh, is that oh. is that that fucked up seaside amusement park where it's like all fucking wretch, uh, like all fucking beat up and shit, and it's like deserted warehouse? Not anymore. Like that? No, it's revitalized really? now. 
Yeah. Oh man. That's what that's, yeah. that's what it used to look like. <laughs> no, because I, I, I remember like. you used I remember to... the I remember the diva showing me pictures of that because she would go hang out at punk rock shows at Asbury Lanes and show me all these pictures of the place and it just looked like such a cool fucked up place to hang out. <laughs> yeah. It was the yeah. There was a time when if you were going to visit Asbury Park, you would drive to Asbury Park, park as close as possible to either the Stone Pony or Convention Hall, get out of your mm-hmm. car, uh, get to that venue as quickly as possible. Uh, after the show, get back to your car quickly as possible, hoping that it was still in one piece, and you would get out of Dodge. Yeah. Or in the fool's <laughs> yeah. case, uh, you would be trolling for Strange down the back street. <laughs> I, 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 I never feared the park, man. That is for sure. Never had no fears there. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I remember well, a very interesting particular, a particular evening where me and a uh, and a friend of mine looking to to score some so some some green variety party favors. You know, at some point got taken advantage of by a. Uh, a lady of the night who uh, proceeded to take our money, go into one location, then come back out, tell us that we need to drive to another location so that we can pick up said party favors, who then went into the house, and we never saw this person again. So, yeah, be damn damn dipped in shit if you think I'm going to go knock on some fucking door, you know, in the in the the twittery evening of fucking you know Asbury Park, New Jersey at that time. I just remember coming back to everybody and just knowing that this person that I was with, that there were just so many tall tales told by this person that there was just it was going to be one of those where everybody was going to think this was just yet another one of those tales, and yet you know being a part of it as we dealt with things like the woman sitting in the back asking us, do you boys like blowjobs? Have you ever fucked a woman at the same time? You know, that kind of thing. As a matter of fact, yes, I do. (laughs) Well, well, good for you. You know, do you guys want to party? We're like, we're just like, yo, lady, we just want some weed. You know, just just garden variety weed. Do you want some crack cocaine? (laughs) Well, you all sorts of types. You got crack, hey, heroin, man. and cocaine. All purpose. Oh, you could yeah. throw all kinds of shit back then, man. It just <laughs> depended on whose house you went to. <laughs> you got the trench coat on and everything. What you need, boys? Speaking of weed. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Indeed. Speaking of weed, uh, I have to step on step on the ghoul's toes just a tiny touch because I have stumbled across one of his uh, favorite pastimes for the show when he finds uh, one of these codes where you find out, you know, what your certain something name is uh, based on your initials. Oh, cool. And I found one to find out what our uh, strain of weed name is. (laughs) (laughs) What do we have? So, Monkey. Yeah. uh, You are Killer Nugs. Hell yeah. King of Horror. Uh, you are Dank Gelato. Hell yeah, Dank Gelato. Yum, yum. Cool. Uh, you are Mango Power. Mm. Okay. Very, very simple. And I, and I am Rocket Dynamite. <laughs> Rocket Dynamite. Okay. 
<laughs> all so of these terms, uh, being that I live in one of the weed capitals of the globe, uh, all of these terms in different combinations are actual legitimate terms in the cannabis universe. That's Get awesome. out of here. Really? <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've looked at the websites, dude. Are you serious? No way, man. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> Can't get up no, on mango power. <laughs> Looking mango, man. That's what I like. I like me some mango. Mango power, man. Mango, man. <laughs> Dang, gelato tastes like snozzberries. <laughs> the snozzberries taste like snozzberries. <laughs> that is very cool. I did not realize that those are actual strains, but very cool. Well, no, um, not 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 oh, the oh. not the ones that I said. The one like the different combinations that I said for our names are not actual strains, but all of those words oh. and different combinations are in the names of actual strains. Yeah, oh, so okay. there are plenty of man- mango-based strains and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. man. Yeah, it's it's such a science now. It's not even fucking funny. It's amazing. It's an incredible thing. Le- Leafly is a fantastic fucking database. <laughs> yes, that's awesome. Um, so, did any of you guys uh, did any of you guys have a chance to look over the uh, the movie character thing that I talked about the other night in group chat? Yes, I did. So okay. refresh my of memory so I can come up with something real quick. So we're supposed to assign a movie character for each of us. Is that is that what yes, we're supposed to do? One character. Along yes. with one for yourself. Yes. One and one. Yeah. So one, one, one character Yeah, one character for each of the your lovely horror hosts, and then one that you think best depicts yourself. Right. Okay. okay. And we, and we, yes. And we and we have dead air. Okay, this is a winning combination yeah, already. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, we could always wait a week to do this if, if Doc and Ghoul, you haven't had a chance to kind of look into it, but I just brought it up the other night. So. I mean, I can kind of, like, come up with something on the fly, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know okay. if the no, Why not? Yeah, no, go for it, man. Yeah. You know, King, why don't you, why don't you kick it off? Okay, I will. Yeah, this is your uh, idea. I... This is your bright idea. <laughs> It was, because I, I kind of had fun with it last uh, a couple nights ago with a friend of mine. Um, so I thought about it for us, and I said, well, if I'm going to pick one for the monkey, it would have to be Sean from Sean of the Dead, only because that's oh, what I've always okay. equated him as. Because he just <laughs> when you meet the monkey in real life, I mean, if you've seen Sean of the Dead, there's just so many parallels, not just physically, but just the way he acts in person and his humor. And, you know, he's the type of guy that always has your back. You know, he might oh. not always have it together, but he always has your back in the end. And even if I die and become a zombie, he's still going to chain me up in his garden so that he can play video games with me. So it's awesome. Thanks, babe. <laughs> you know um, you're going to be chained. In, you know you're going to be chained in the garden. You know that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, for the ghoul, I thought about a couple of characters. Uh, I just didn't decide. I didn't know which one to pick. I ended up deciding to go with Wooderson from Days of Confused. Uh, Matthew McConaughey's character. Because I just, I love that character, but it's also, <laughs> hey, listen, I'm all about, you know, he's all about the strange, he's all about hanging out, you know, hanging out with friends, but Wooderson isn't just about fucking, he's also about his friends, like, he cares about them, and he wants to have a good time with them, and go get Aerosmith tickets, so it's not all just about ass, but whenever I think about uh, Ghoul, I try to think about Wooderson, because he's just all about the all right, all right, all right, good times, 
So that's the one I came up with uh, for the ghoul. Uh, I'm all about about monogamy, man. Uh I know you are. I know for now, but you know, it's, you know, but as a movie character, that's, that's the equation. But uh, for the doc, I had a little bit of a harder time because I had a couple of other ideas, just like I had with the ghoul, but I ended up settling on Jeff Bridges, the dude from the big Lebowski. (laughs) Because I watched it recently and I'm like, you know what? If I had to equate that character with somebody, I think I might go with demonic doctor. Just because he is very laid back, very California, but witty, funny, the type of guy that you'd want to hang out with and share a beer with or maybe some sweet nugs oh, and sweet. just, you know, relax. Some credence tapes. Pull the room together. <laughs> but he doesn't like <laughs> the Eagles, so don't play the Eagles. All right. So those, uh, those are the ones I came up with. So, and then do you right. want to save our own picks for afterwards or you want to tell your own pick? Yeah, tell your own pick, because uh, that's the one I'm kind of struggling with right now. Well, my pick for myself was Egon Spangler from the Ghostbusters. Um, just because of that character, I've always related to that character, even when I was a kid. He's just this guy who, growing up, never had any friends. He was always kind of weird, but he just embraced being weird. And he just wanted to study things and find the science behind things, like hauntings, uh, collected mole spores and fungus, you know. Kind of oblivious to when a woman's hitting on him, but... At the same time, I think, you know, he, he kind of got some smooth lines from Zankman. He'd be able to get some women down. But I just, I've always loved Egon because he was always the, the smart, you know, Ghostbuster, but he's also kind of just eclectic and weird. So that's the one I came up with for myself. Okay. All right. Uh, I'll jump. Uh, Ghoul, do you have your picks or do you want me to go since I already have mine lined up? You know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to dive into this and uh, okay. let's have some right. fun with this. Um, all right, so for I'm going to start in a different order. Gonna have I'm going to go with with the fun with the king, <laughs> who I would definitely equate to Nick Frost uh, from Shaun of the Dead, um, but just Nick oh, Frost nice. as an actor in general. I had more trouble I, to try and identify a character is just harder for me than just taking an actual actor, especially ones that have certain bodies of work that just always equate to similar circumstances. Um, so that's def- definitely you. I'm not going to give any kind of big, long-winded explanation for it because no, it's no. about as thought like out as fucking the, the name that comes into my head. <sighs> for the demonic doctor, who I have known for, for hey. so oh, long yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. have seen in so many states Literally, you know, like in, in physical, in physical states, and and as well as mental states and emotional states, and then there are fish, fish shows in Merriweather. Um, I would have to say, you know, and again, this does this is a bit of a throwback because Doc, you're you're a couple different people, man. But I am gonna go with Dennis Leary for you from back in like that 90s period man because when you know first getting to know you it was all about you know smoking cigarettes and and you know drinking (laughs) coca-colas and you're fast thinking and you're smart talking and and that was that you know you would sit there and just start rattling off things at like high speeds that like everybody else would just be like holy fuck like did that just all come out of this kid holy shit you know and and that was always just what i think of for you with that man yes people do say that 
in their heads. Yeah, I, I like mean, that one. Did, did they say that? I don't, <laughs> know what they, I, don't, I don't know what they say anymore. Uh, oh, well, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. Now that you're over in California, it might be a little more. He's an asshole. A little, <laughs> little calm down, you know. No, I think about, you know, buckets of chicken and and stuff like that. The demolition man fucking speech, man. It always yeah, comes bacon to mind. and butter and buckets of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Now, for you, monkey. Oh, yeah. For you, monkey. <laughs> for you, monkey. Monkey, monkey, monkey. Oh, monkey. <laughs> monkey, monkey, monkey. Um, monkey, 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 monkey. <laughs> um, again, limited amount of times of meeting you, which is basically one. Yeah, one. <laughs> but I have I have had the pleasure of speaking with you so many, so many, so many times, man. And just for whatever reason, when, when the king brought this up, the first image that just popped into my head when I thought about who is the monkey? You know, who do I see when I see the monkey? And I don't know why. You know, I can't explain it, but fucking Speedy Gonzalez was the first thing that popped into my head when I thought about the monkey. I'm like, gimba, gimba, there he goes. Yeah, wow. I like that one, too. That, that's accurate, because he is fucking fast when he talks sometimes. Especially when he's excited Indeed. about something. All right, so cool. And, and sometimes... And sometimes when you're grunting, we don't quite understand what you're saying. And since Speedy Gonzalez is Mexican, I kind of equated that. You know, we don't know Spanish. <laughs> Lo siento, no hablo. <laughs> so see, yourself, ghoul. Don't take anybody for me, man. I'm an asshole. No, I'm... Uh, I don't know, man. I, I can never do that kind of stuff. I can never look at myself in that way and be like, oh, I'm like this guy. You know what, doggy? You stay out of that kitty litter box. Don't eat the cat shit. That's bad. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> Had to interrupt that for Oh, you're for like that. Vinny Stuman from Police Academy 2. The litter <laughs> box. The litter box. Perfect. Oh, wow. There we go. Nailed it. I don't know. Uh, I'm Chevy Chase from the vacation movies, okay? That's what, that's what my life feels like. Like a fucking constant, ever-loving, non-stop fucking set of mishaps and misadventures and mistakes and accidents. But somehow something always works out in some way. Roll them up. <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and jump in then. All right. Let's see here. For the doc, I had to think about this for a little bit just because he is the one I know the least. But then it hit me, and I know that he's a teacher, which makes him a leader. And then I think he probably could be a little bit of a mystery maker. You're a maker. leader, doc. <laughs> and I know that he loves winter sports, so I had to, had to, had to. Well, we know he Dean loves Cameron winter sports. From ski school. Who? <laughs> nice. Chainsaw right. from summer school. Oh, okay. Like it. I like that. Okay, thing. but <laughs> but let's see here. <laughs> but then for the king, this one was the most difficult for me just because I know him the most. He's my brother, you know. So no pressure here. But uh, but no. I know him as a, also as a leader because he got us all together to make this fucked up show. He he. He <laughs> shut the fuck up. Oh, he, is that what yeah, I'm saying? He, yeah. he can keep it. He can keep a tight ship and keep the show going on a good pace while also providing us enough slack. 
I know that the king loves the ladies and they love him. But underneath all of that, I also know that there lies the heart of a romantic, very deep, deep, deep in that big, huge barrel chest of his. So, as a long-time running joke between us, but it still holds true, yeah, I have to go with David Lynch's role as Gordon Cole in Twin Peaks. (laughs) I didn't think of that. Wow. Me of that statue, the babe without the arm. Venus to Milo. The name was Milo, but that's beside the point. That's the kind of girl that makes you wish she spoke a little French. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now on to the ghoul. All right, let's see here. Ghoul, 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 our very own sideshow Barker. Oh, with his wit and sarcasm and charming. Yet sadistic, lovable, yet ah, uh, fuck it, guys. You know where I'm going. Let's do this shit. Combination packs uh, in some of this, uh, but, that's fine. Uh, but we but we press on, you know, we we press on because in this day and age, if you want to sell product, sometimes you have to package some things together. But anyway, uh, yeah. I'm gonna start the monkey. On fucking movies all the time. Yeah, I know you're like, <laughs> oh, I just bought the 1984 pack featuring these 12 films and six of which I've never heard of before. Uh. <laughs> but. Um, but, but they all starred Nicolas Cage. <laughs> in 1984? You mean never heard of? No, it's normally ones that I've never I'm seen. I'm just fucking with you, man. I mean, cheese, man. Cheese <laughs> will weed. Anyway, are you going to do this already? Let's go. I'm trying. Take I'm trying. So, Monkey, Monkey, the only, the only way I really know you is uh, through my earphones and microphone. Uh, we did have a brief 
phone conversation. Which dreams like, at that night. Was a, a, that was a targeted <laughs> conversation about a specific uh, situation. Uh, but uh, you yeah. are. Well, we were a, trying to get in, you the uh, autograph. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm, 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 I'm throwing you together as like a package deal. Um, because I don't know you that well, but I don't believe you to be someone suffering from mental illness. Uh, so I am, I am going to one, on one side, on one side, I'm picking Tommy Jarvis and I'm picking Tommy Jarvis because he was always like crafting masks and drawing pictures and like you created you, well, four and five, and you created all of our, our imagery Will you fucking let me speak for a minute? You had your turn. Uh, you created all of our imagery when our show was uh, first firing up before you kind of joined the fold. And uh, but because uh, you know you you have kids and a, and a woman and, and seem to be the romantic type, I am I am going in a complete opposite end of the spectrum and throwing in a little bit of Hoops McCann from One Crazy Summer, uh, who also drew uh, deranged nice. pictures, deranged pictures, but was kind of like a sweet guy. And, uh, you know, yeah. was, was hoping things were going to work out for himself in a, in a nice way. Fucking great one. Funny. Mm. <laughs> that is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. King of Horror. Yes. It's your turn. And I am giving you the character. So when I think about movies... Uh, you know, there, there has been several movies out there uh, where there's like a character that's like a horror movie person. Oh, I'm the horror movie obsessed character. Uh, primarily, uh, when thinking about that, one right away goes to like Chainsaw and Dave from Summer School. But I feel that that for you would be too obvious. So I'm going to dig a little bit mm. deeper. Um, first, I was going to think about... Uh, no, 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 no. Forget about that nonsense. Um, first, I was going to think about John Cryer's character in what? Look, I'm trying to get on no, like a verbal roll here, man. Are, are you rolling verbally yet? I'm trying. Just keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> I'm trying. Okay, so I, I know the king. I know the king is waiting with bated breath for me to to get this out. So stop interrupting me for the love of. God, the, mon- uh, the monkey's gonna start singing K- Kid Rock songs, okay? So the monkey's gonna start singing "No More Monkeys Jumping on the Motherfucking Bed." Now, uh, in 1987, there was a movie starring John Stewart called Morgan Stewart's Coming Home, fantastic late 80s comedy, uh, where his character played like a horror movie obsessed dude. But I am not going there. I am going even further back to 1985. Uh, one of my favorite movies from the 80s. I don't know if you can even call this underrated. It might be rated properly in the eyes of a normal audience, but not the eyes of my insane uh, viewing uh, tendencies. Uh, but this movie from 1985 is called Moving Violations. And okay. I'm going to name oh, wow. you the character. I'm going to name you the mm-hmm. character of Wink Barnes, who was one of the degenerates in the safe driving class who was obsessed with horror movies and would like show up with some kind of drink that had like smoke coming out of it and played some kind of prank where he had like a, a cut off finger in a box, but it was really his finger through a box and he made everybody freaked out. And whenever there was a chance for like cutting, when they had a cut through a fence, he was always one to be like, Oh man, I hope somebody gets cut and there's blood everywhere. 
uh, and all of this. <laughs> so, uh, in fact, they in that movie they showed one of those old uh, highway safety videos where like blood is everywhere mm-hmm. and everyone is like getting all queasy and he's like excited and like cheering for more. So I name you Wink Barnes from from Moving Violation. Well, Dude, I was uh, Bill Murray's younger brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, with uh, John Murray. Yeah. Yes. I, and I Jennifer always, Jennifer Tilly is in that too. I mm-hmm. almost named okay. the doc as the I almost named the doc as Murray's character from that movie, <laughs> but then I went to excuse school. <laughs> that guy. That right. movie also starred that guy. That movie also starred um, Brian Backer as like a nerd character who is also in Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol as one of the mm. skateboarders with David Spade. Just a piece mm. of trivia. Citizens, but anyway, Citizens uh, on Patrol. <laughs> um, King, I mean Ghoul, you also are part of a package deal because how could you not be? How could you take everything that I know about the Ghoul and boil him down to just one character? I feel like it's an impossible task because, like the Ghoul said about me, I have known the Ghoul for a very, very long time, and I've seen this guy in in every possible side of life that you could possibly think of. Uh, to both positive and negative effect. Um, mm-hmm. But when when I think about the ghoul, uh, you know, at his essence, uh, for me, uh, he is a a combination uh, a combination plate. And uh, for our purposes here, for the combination, combination plate, order number five. Yes. Oh, uh, the oh, shrimp with com- lobster sauce. <laughs> here, um, combo platter. <laughs> I am, I, am naming the, I am naming the ghoul a combination of Jay from the Viewist universe and Hubs from the nice. Stone Age. Because everything, oh, nice. uh, when you boil down the essence of the ghoul, it's pussy, 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 pussy. <laughs> pussy, 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 pussy. There was a time when titties it was pussy, too. pussy, pussy, uh, titties, titties, titties. Uh, beers, 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 weed, 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 doing coke, smoking weed, drinking beers, uh, pussy, 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 get the pussy upstairs, go downstairs, get, get the pussy, go, well, get the pussy upstairs, go downstairs and get some pussy from someone downstairs. Uh, so I have to, I have to make a combination of, of Jay and Hubs uh, when, I, when I think about the ghoul for certain. That's a solid combo. <laughs> Fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, mother, mother, fuck, fuck, mother, mother, fuck. <laughs> and what about yourself? Who smokes the blunts? We got the blunts. With, with, yeah, <laughs> with, with a touch of with a touch of Wolverine in there too. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. so, all right. Anyway, as as far as myself, I truly, uh, I, I'm really, really, really struggling on this one. So. Uh, let's let's get on with the show because we have a lot of stuff to talk about, uh, including a film. And uh, you know, maybe let, let me let this let me let this marinate a bit. Um, I, maybe I'll come up with something, maybe not. But I'm, I've been I've been really thinking about it, and I'm I'm kind of struggling on this one. Okay, so let's take okay. it off with harness. What do you got for us this week, Doc? Uh, so in not really horror news, but something I'm very excited about. Uh, it's official. Bill and Ted Face the Music has begun filming, and some set picks were shared yesterday or today, and I don't know about you guys, but I could not be more excited. I was so excited for those set picks. (laughs) Yeah. 
I'm excited to see just when they made the announcement and the fact that they're even having recurring characters come back for the movie. I heard that Death is definitely coming back. You know, William Sadler is returning as Death. The girls that played the princesses are returning. Um, oh, I don't please. know about any other characters. Obviously, George uh, George Carlin as Rufus is, is since deceased, unfortunately. But I think that yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from its time is just a note-perfect film. I saw that in the movie theater. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like it still stands nice. the test of time. It stands the test of time, and I know this because whenever there's an opportunity for like free time to show a movie in class, I'm always like, oh, I'm going to put on this movie, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And like 90% of the kids are like, what is this shit? I've never heard of this before. And <laughs> the young audience, if they've never heard of something or don't already know it, they're really not that yeah. interested. But I'm like, too bad. And I put it on, and they fucking <laughs> love it every yeah. fucking time. Yeah. Uh, so it's I'm so stoked for Bill and Ted based on these yeah. And, well, yeah, one thing, and I'm, gonna, one, one thing I'm gonna say real quick though is, is you said that they're getting the princesses back. The, the princesses are coming back. They got different actresses for them though. Um, is it different Aaron actresses? Play, different actresses. Yes, Erin Hayes is playing, ah. and uh, Jayma Mays. Uh, Jayma Mays, I know from Glee. Um, so she was, uh, she's a redhead. So Jayma Mays sounds like the kind of name from one of your other kind of movies, Ghoul. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> the adult you know. movie. There's a many, many amaze in all of that, and uh, yeah, I can't. Maybe I was I'm looking a, maybe at Ali, Ali Hayes. Ali Hayes, I was watching earlier today, and uh, she's she's always lovely. Well, yeah, I I saw those set texts that the doc is talking about, and I saw Alice Winters, and I'm like, does this fucking guy never age? Because he looks exactly like the way he did back in the '80s. Same hairstyle, like you know, it's, you know, Keanu Reeves a little bit. You know, with the hairstyle, but Alice Winters, I'm like, dude, he just stepped out of the 80s. <laughs> like, yeah. It, you know, time has not touched him. It's amazing. There's an actor that was, I don't know what he's doing these days, but he, he was in a couple of movies in like the, uh, maybe like the early 2000s. I know he was in Saving mm-hmm. Private Ryan. I know he was mm-hmm. in the Roger Maris movie on HBO that Billy Crystal made called 61, an actor named Barry Pepper. Uh, looks yeah. fucking just like Alex fucking Winter. Oh, yeah. Like, they could be twins. He. A, he played the a, sniper yeah. in uh, Saving Private Ryan. The sniper, yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Fantastic role for that guy too, man. But yeah, I can totally yeah. see what you mean with that. But though, looks just like. like Alex Winter. If like He's Alex Winter was like too. a little chiseled, if Alex Winter was like a little chiseled and not not so pudgy. Yeah. If, yeah, if you actually like, I'm looking at his yeah. pictures right now, and it looks like actually if you took Alex Winter and crossed him with Matthew McConaughey, you'd have this guy. <laughs> But yeah, just uh, jumping in super, super fast as like the uh, doc said with the young people in his class that don't know Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, I literally just brought this up at work like within the past week to some of my younger co-workers because they were all talking about John Wick and shit like that, and I brought up Bill and Ted and, you know, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, and None of them had heard of either of these movies. And and they all were sitting there talking about how much they're Keanu Reeves fans. And I was like, oh, yeah, you guys need to go back and definitely watch these movies and check these out. And check out Keanu Reeves back in the day before he was a gun-toting badass. Yeah, it's weird how those movies kind of pass by. I mean, I would think, like, River's Edge would be a movie that would pass over everybody's radar for Keanu Reeves. Not Bill and Ted. Like, I feel like that was such an yeah. iconic film. Back in the eighties and early nineties, like both yeah, back in its time, but back in its time, dude, they're iconic. They're iconic to us, man. They're iconic to us. You know? Yeah, that's uh, true. Iconic. You know, 
with that's how fast everything moves. I'm not showing it to their kids. Yeah, look, uh, for as fast as everything moves and how much in the sheer volume of films in every possible genre you can think of are being bombarded from every possible direction, movies don't kind of – some do, and some will be timeless classics that generation after generation watch. But movies in general uh, don't seem to carry over as much, in my opinion, as they mm-hmm. did from like – uh, you know, movies in the 70s that were still popular in the 80s, movies in the 80s, especially right. that were still popular in the 90s and the early 2000s. Uh, you know, mm. some of those movies getting into the late 80s and 90s, like kids aren't necessarily going back and like, oh, there's this great movie from the 80s. And, and we sometimes do the same thing, even in our genre. We'll be like, oh, uh, this was a, a, one of the best horror movies of the 70s. And we watch it and we're like, uh, it's kind of boring, can't get into it. Like, <laughs> It's it's the same kind of it's the same kind of cycle, uh, just in, in a different kind of way. Um, you know, well, I, there are some kids, there are some kids that do know Bill and Ted. Uh, Keanu Reeves has maintained a tremendously popular actor, even with a younger audience. And between yeah. the John Wick movies, and he has a part in the Toy Story movies, and uh, especially with the ladies right now, some stuff came out about him around like all of like the Me Too movement stuff that. Uh, it came to light that when he poses for pictures with fans, uh, he never – he poses in a way that looks like his arms are around women or around their waists, but oh, yeah. he never puts his hands on anybody. And, like, women no. recently – like, just came out, like, a few weeks ago, so now everyone is swooning over Keanu Reeves again. So there's, like, a Keanu, a Keanu Reeves thing, uh, and that causes, you know, some people to go back and take a look at some of the older films. Have a major difference Hello? nowadays than when we were younger, um, you know, and that's accessibility. Um, Dave, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Uh, 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 accessibility. When we were younger, the reason why we ended up seeing a lot of those films that we saw that were from like the seventies or from the eighties, you know, from from periods of the eighties that were early eighties, was because all we had was like cable TV. You know, maybe yeah. you, we didn't even really no, have on demand. Puzzle, you know what I mean? Sure. You know, nowadays kids have access to pick and choose whatever they want to watch. So, you know, obviously if you're a kid from today's generation, why are you really going to go back to watch something from the 80s or the 90s even, you know? You want to stay within your comfort range, the stuff that you know of. You know, like I know if Mm -hmm. I was a teenager, like put it this way, if we had access to the technology that we have now, if I had that back in the early 90s, I would have absolutely been watching fucking Bill and Ted's whenever I could. I'd be watching the same movies over and over and over again whenever I could and I would never watch whatever the, those things were that I accidentally came upon on cable late one night because I had no other choices yeah yeah you know it's so, sometimes and, and and we do it too I think we all like I think maybe I'm wrong but I think it all of us at different points are guilty uh, when it comes to maybe making the effort to watch something that's a little bit older, regardless of genre, that's held in higher esteem. Last summer at my summer job, there was a kid I was working with who was like 25 or 26. Uh, so we're not talking about like a 13-year-old. Uh, we're talking about a more grown person, but 25, 26 years old and uh, was really, really into movies and had seen, um, I don't know, something a little bit more recent than the titles I'm going to bring up. But maybe he saw and was talking about how great 
that movie Snatch was or like something like that, uh, you know, that style mm-hmm. of movie. And I was like, oh, dude, I was like, if you like that movie, like you need to go watch like and please just watch one of these. You know, I was like, go watch like True Romance or Natural yeah, oh, yeah. Killers or Boogie <clears throat> Nights. Um, you know, I, I can't there was like four or five on the list that I was like, dude, you have to watch one of these. I'm like, I don't care which one you pick. Like, just go pick one of these It's from like the early to mid 90s, which was like a true like one of the true last kind of like crazy wild west eras of making insane movies for the mainstream. And he would like, he's like, wouldn't do it. He's like, Oh yeah, these all sound great. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, like, just go watch true romance. I'm telling you, you will walk in here tomorrow and you'd be like, that was the greatest fucking movie I've ever seen. Uh, and <laughs> sometimes there's just like a fucking roadblock when it comes to going backwards. Uh, yeah. And yeah, then, well, I you know what it is too. I have a similar friend um, that I, the, the big, and here's the big difference. He doesn't like, you know, as much as he's into movies, he doesn't seek them out the way I guess we do or have. Um, What I found is, though, is that if I want to get him to watch something, I have to watch it with him. Um, So what we've kind of done at this point is, is it's kind of like a uh, we'll watch like an old movie that I've maybe spoken about or that he's heard about and, you know, or he's heard a thousand times from me about, and we'll watch that as example. A couple of weeks ago, we watched can't hardly wait. Um, you know, he's never seen it. He's 24 years old, never saw can't hardly wait before, you know, and as we're watching it, he's like, Oh my God, that's Seth Green. Oh my God, that's Peter Fastenal. It's this, it's that. He's like, I didn't know all these people were in this movie and he loved it. Um, but then what we also do is like the next time we'll watch something that neither of us have seen, you know, and that might be something more recent, could be something old, but that's a way to get somebody of that age range to watch something that, you know, maybe you're trying to push on them that actually hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it, it's definitely a, a, you know, a generational gap um, because I, I'm reminded of back when I was a kid yeah. and watching Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs watching Saturday afternoon Kung Fu Theater, watching uh, just Orders. any of the local affiliates that had horror hosts. Movies that I would never fucking watch on my own, but because they were on and I had nothing else to do, I'm like, I'll watch this. <laughs> you know, The Fly's on? Okay. I'll watch it. You know, Enter the Dragon? Okay. Oh, I yeah. love The Fly. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> yeah, but movies that I would never normally seek out, but because they were on back in the day, you had no phone, you had no Facebook, you had no Netflix. So... You're just gonna watch it. No Netflix. How does you live? (laughs) (laughs) I can't binge this. What are you talking about? I have to wait until next week to see the new episode. Oh, you gotta do it with your hands. It's like a baby toy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So, uh, Doc, what else do you have for us? So. Out of nowhere, announced, I think, today, uh, the Walking Dead comic book series is coming to an end with today's issue number 193. It is over. What? Yes. Yep, it's done. Total shocker, too, man. They, like, announced this out of, <laughs> out of nowhere. nowhere. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Kirkman said the Walking Dead comic, the final issue, is issue one number 193. It is going to be a triple-sized issue that will be sold for the same price as it always has been sold for the single-issue price. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is a final issue of the Walking Dead comic book universe. Yeah. Wow. wow. 
Yeah, Holy they. Uh, I like how Kirkman handled it, though. I got to admit, <clears throat> rather than have this whole thing where he's like, it's going to end, guys, a couple weeks, you know, 193 is going to be the end. No, he just dropped it, and he's like, yeah, we're done. Yeah, because we just, we, we're at the end of the road, <laughs> and that's it. So enjoy this. Well, issue you said what? And 191 came out today, is what you said? Yes. No, yep. today, uh, episode issue 193, today was the last one, no? Oh, today dropped the last yes, one. Yes, 193 oh, okay. is the last one, and that came out today, yeah. And he put in his notes in the back of the issue about how he didn't want to make it so everybody knew the end was coming. He wanted to just spring it on people, because that's the way that yeah, the Walking Dead comic always has been. Yeah, I was gonna, Which I was means gonna there's going to be a mad dash fucking... for the comic book store on Friday. Oh, yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck so that's that's if there's any, That's if there's any left. But also, it's like that. That's actually when you think about it, the way they ran the comic book and the way they ran the Walking Dead universe. That's fucking perfect. The way they did it. Yeah. Because they did not buy it. I <laughs> know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not buying it either. But still, I think Kirkman did a great thing of doing it. I mean, mm-hmm. and spoilers for anybody who reads that comic book. But Rick's gone. He got X'd out a couple issues ago. So <laughs> Kirkman knew the ending was coming. He just didn't, you know, want to fucking make people wait for it. He's just like, it's done, guys. Later. for me. He's never going to read the comics. <laughs> <laughs> he got done. You might he got have, got. You, 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 you know, no, no. And that was like it. A lot of, yeah, and plus a lot of people might have read, like, the first uh, three to five graphic novels, but that's about it, to be honest, as far as the mass population. It's the comic book community that kept the book going this long. But at the same time, yeah. it's like, that's really cool, though, that he just dropped it, boom. You know, pretty much just like anything else in the Walking Dead universe where you get to really like the character and they, they get killed off. Yeah, he just dropped <laughs> like that mic. And I'm like, good job for you, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you can't keep it going forever. It's got to end sometime. So no. it's ending now. <laughs> I'm out. Enjoy the show. Kind of in, in relation to that, AMC put forth a statement. Uh, saying that Robert Kirkman's decision to end the Walking Dead comic universe will have absolutely no bearing on any of the TV series, TV series in the works, and films in the works that you can expect there to be Walking Dead for years and years to come. He will see. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep, jinx. But yeah, we'll we'll see how they handle it. Um, Just thought it was a great way to do it. Uh, so what is next, Doc, is what we got. Uh, we all are hotly or highly anticipating the upcoming uh, Quentin Tarantino film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Uh, yeah. Quentin, mm-hmm. Tarantino, Quentin Tarantino has publicly stated, and, and this has been said before, uh, this being his ninth film, that his tenth film is going to be his final film. Uh, he has publicly mm-hmm. stated in an interview just a couple of days ago uh, that yes, uh, he is saying that his next film, his 10th film, is the end of his career as a feature filmmaker. Uh, he said that he is going to be then focusing his creative pursuits on writing books and writing theater. Uh, that he is, um, you know, not uh, thinking as making films beyond past his 10th film, which at this time uh, is not a at least publicly stated, a a creation that is in the works. Um, but well, uh, he says though. he's hanging. Yeah. Sorry, 
but get this. He recently even said, and it's a weird, clever way to put it. He's stated that if this movie does well in the box office, this may very well be his last film because he'd rather go out on a high note. This was actually, I was watching this mm-hmm. in the news this morning. Um, right. Which is, which is funny because, you know what I mean? Because, like, okay, so if this movie <laughs> makes money, Quentin Tarantino's not going to make any more movies. So guess what, people? Don't go to the movies and see it. Wait till it comes out on DVD or else we're never going to get another fucking Tarantino movie. No, I, I think he's gonna shoot. I think he's gonna shoot for ten, like a nice round ten. And I have a, I have a couple I thoughts. Think One, do 10 too. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, he had screened. He had screened this movie, uh, but there's already talk that he wants to recut it and make it longer. Um, so I feel like whatever he's trying to do with this, he's gonna be pulling out all the stops. Uh, the one hole in my Quentin Tarantino viewership is the Hateful Eight. Uh, which is yeah, currently on Netflix in two different forms. You can watch the movie, but he also took it and cut it into, and I think extended it, but cut it into yeah. a four-episode series uh, mm-hmm. that's available to watch as well. So I, it, it's super high on my list to watch The Hateful Eight. Uh, I might have some free oh, yeah. I've been wanting to watch it for a while. I might try to get I'm to it, on, it. On, on Monday. Uh, but, I've got them all, so... Yeah, so Tarantino, uh, you know, his ninth movie, which I'm really, really looking forward to. Um, I really, this day and age, I really don't get super excited for a lot of films coming out in the theater. Uh, you know, it really takes something for that to happen for me and uh, to get out of my, to get off the couch and to go see it. Um, I am fucking stoked uh, to go see the Tarantino film. Uh, I you know, I, I, it is my belief uh, that... I mean, sometimes when he talks, he doesn't do himself any favors. Uh, but no, as far as originality, no. as far as writing and directing his own work, I feel that his body of work, you just – you can't fucking argue it, you know? Like maybe you like some better than others, but you can't argue the originality, the creativity, uh, the quality, uh, the performances he's able to coax out of all kinds of actors. Uh, you know, and one of the things that I did hear him say uh, is that when all is said and done – uh, he wants like a young movie watcher to be able to go over to the Quentin Tarantino section and just pick out one of his films randomly to sit down and watch and like be plunged into something completely original that they haven't seen before. Um, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's to, to, to make a statement like that and every one a of body his of work that supports it. That's every single one of his movies. Um, yeah. And ghoul. I, I do, I have... do look forward. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I, I guess it counts Kill Bill 1 and 2 as one film. I would assume so, yeah. Not two separate films. Well, in the package deal. Yeah. Um, what's, oh, I'll get to the Kill Bill thing in a second because it's really cool. And only take a second because I, I am looking at the clock just so we're aware. Uh, but, Ghoul, I am looking forward for when you finally get the opportunity to revisit uh, Jackie Brown with a, with a more seasoned pair of eyes. I'm looking forward so to good. that happening at some point. Still have not I know done that. that. I did I know. I feel I like have that's your weak point. The, yes, it is. It's the one I complain about every time. Um, I did get <laughs> to see the trailer for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood twice in this past week. Uh, went and finally saw Avengers Endgame for the sixth time, and that trailer is now Don't part of that. And then I also saw. 
And then I also got to see Far From Home uh, <laughs> last night. And, uh, yes, that, that trailer was there as well. And, uh, yeah, it looks great on the big screen. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing this damn movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, 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 so, I was excited to see Hateful Eight when it came out in theaters, and I saw it in theaters. I missed it when they had the special run where he was releasing it in theaters that only were capable of doing reel-to-reel because they wanted to do it in 35 to kind of really bring back the 70s vibe of seeing it in the movie theater. I missed that opportunity for the roadshow, but I did see it in theaters, and it's a fantastic movie. Jackie Brown, probably one of my favorite of Tarantino's, aside from Reservoir Dogs, because it's just such it's a, fun a movie. great film. It's, it's so fun, and just it's a great ride. <clears throat> um, but in Tarantino, he did a podcast with Eli Roth, The History of Horror. It's about two and a half hours of him and Eli talking about horror movies and – he puts me to shame with his knowledge of the horror genre. Like he gets it. He knows it. He knows these movies. And to hear him talk with such fondness for these movies, if you haven't checked out that podcast yet, check out that episode. Quentin Tarantino. It's actually available on Amazon Prime um, or Shutter, yes. one or the other. Yep. But uh, you can actually watch it right mm-hmm. on there. They have all the episodes mm-hmm. of it. They actually have uncut versions of it, yes. too. Um, yep. so. It is uncut. Yeah, the two-and-a-half-hour one with Quentin Tarantino is completely uncut. And it, it's impressive to hear him talk with Bond. And I always hoped that he would make a horror film, a straight horror film, not like Death Proof, which, you know, was inspired by horror films, but a straight one, you know, that he could release and make it his own. Because I feel like he does have that mind to make a good horror film because of his knowledge and his love of the genre. So maybe that'll be 10. Maybe that'll yeah. be what he ends up, a horror film. I would love it. But we'll with, if he feels it, he feels it. If he doesn't, he doesn't. Before yeah. we move on, if you guys were not aware, uh, so because American audiences are such fucking pussies, uh, we're <laughs> a country that did not get the fucking Crazy 88s fucking scene in Kill Bill in fucking color. We got that shit in black oh. and white. The rest of the world saw it in color. Uh, I know. You can see the full color uh, battle uh, on YouTube. And to see that in color with all of the fucking blood and limbs flying around is, is super fun. So if you get a chance, you should check that out if you haven't seen it already. I have not, so I'm definitely going to check that out because I've always wanted to see the colorized version of the Crazy 88 scene because that is such an epic mm. part of uh, Kill Bill uh, Volume 1. Um, so that's awesome. Not to, to make it all about Quentin, but I cannot wait for that movie. I think it's going to be one of his best. Yeah, I'm, I don't know I'm if I can handle that. all that yeah. blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Doc, do you have any closing pieces for horror news? I have a couple of quick things I want to get to. Uh, one of my that's, favorite that's cool. genre pieces. Oh, go ahead. What's up? No, I was going to say, that's cool. We got we got some time. Go ahead. Yeah, we got we got time, man. We got time. We got nothing but time. We got, yeah, here on the man. Here on the talking chair. Yeah. What is yeah, time? You know, so I, that's the question. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here with my mango, and I'm like all chill about the time right now. <laughs> I got stuff to talk about. If you want to waste my time with nonsense, I don't want to hear it when we don't have time to talk about the movie now. <laughs> but one of my favorite uh, pieces of late 80s kind of genre stuff uh, starred. James Kahn and Mandy Patinkin, and that was Alien Nation, uh, which also became a short-lived TV series on Fox, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, Very short-lived. Really, 
really, really <laughs> cool fucking movie. If you've never seen Alien Nation, really, really cool movie. Uh, but yeah, anyway, they have been working on a a remake uh, written and directed by Jeff Nichols uh, for uh, for 20th Century Fox. And uh, in the recent buyout where Disney purchased 20th Century Fox, including that property, uh, that project has been completely scrapped. Uh, there will be no, at this time, Alien Nation oh. uh, remake with involving Jeff Nichols. That's completely been pulled. Uh, we don't have to. We don't have to. We don't have to pontificate too much about that. Uh, I mean, yeah. whatever. Like, I don't care about remakes to all that much to begin with. But since it does involve what I think is, I think that movie was maybe '88, maybe 1989. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. Have all of you guys seen the Alienation? I have. I watched both. I, yeah, I watched both and read the comic book. Cool. You've seen Alienation. I, I know. I, I, I saw the movie years ago. Again, I love the concept of it. Uh, I don't remember loving the movie itself when I was a kid. I liked uh, more right. action-based stuff, but the concept was definitely yeah. interesting. It's yeah, another if, one that if I'd, you get a I'll chance. go back and visit now and see and probably see it differently. Yeah, man. If, if you get a chance, I think you'll find it a little having a little bit more action than you remember and, uh, but, and really awesome special yeah. effects, cool characters, cool concepts, good yeah. stuff. So anyway, but, uh, but, moving on. Uh, so... There is going to be a sequel to the recent RoboCop remake. Um, yes. But Blancan oh. has stated that this time around, he is going to be using the original suit. I like Yay. it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Woo! Peter Weller, come on. Give, give, us up, the, uh, uh, give us the original fucking like, darkness and fun yeah. of the first RoboCop. Okay. Make it all again. That fucking... Make- watered down bullshit. No, I, not yeah, I agree. The first fucking the <laughs> yeah, first no the first Robocop <laughs> is fucking just absolutely brilliant on all counts. Uh yeah. Uh, just to kind of blow through these last things that I have really quickly, also, uh you can now see an animated Gremlins prequel series, or we'll be able to see one uh coming real soon on the Warner Media streaming service. I have no fucking clue yeah. where you even find that to watch <laughs> it. So I assure you I will be skipping this one. Uh, but yeah, Warner Media yeah. has an animated Gremlins prequel, uh, the, the, the Adventures of the Mogwai. Or the, uh, the, the, so let me rephrase that. The, uh, the, the Secrets, secrets of, the of the Mogwai. The Secrets yeah. of the Mogwai. Okay. Yeah. King? Did, yeah, because yeah, cause didn't you post a thing about that on our Facebook page? I did, yeah. Secrets of the yeah. Mogwai. <clears throat> Ten episodes, animated, Warner Media, whatever the fuck you could find that. I'm out. <laughs> I'm good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On Pirate yeah. Bay, where we find everything else. <laughs> Speaking moving, of little moving. creatures, I did start watching uh, recently that Critters series that is currently uh, a Shutter exclusive. Um, yeah. Was mm-hmm. it you, Monkey, who was watching that? No, I was the one that told you about we had the movie and the miniseries at the same time coming out at the same time. Okay. Now, for some reason, I remember somebody mentioning, like, not remembering it being that cheesy looking. Um, the movie's never were that cheesy looking, man. This series is really some low-budget stuff. Uh, it's oh, yeah. not horrible, so it's not horrible by any stretch yet, um, but it's definitely not great either 
Mm. Yeah. All right. Take it Sorry. Back. So that's all I had. Like, yeah. Okay. Stop. Wrap it up. Yes. Uh, moving right along. Uh, Hellraiser. I told you to wrap it up. I'm wrapping it up super <laughs> fast. I'm just spitting out headlines, and you guys are fucking talking. Uh, Hellraiser is coming back as a TV series brought to you by IT producer uh, Roy Lee. Uh, there is no hmm. cast at this Roy point Lee. or a network attached, uh, but allegedly uh, networks are allegedly. chomping at the bit to try and snap up the rights to an upcoming Hellraiser TV series that will be based yeah. on uh, some other Clive Barker <laughs> stories that are going to be adapted into the Hellraiser universe. Jesus wept. <laughs> yeah. Jesus wept. Jesus wept. Yeah. Yeah, let, let sleeping dogs lie because they also have the uh, remake coming out courtesy of David S. Goyer. Uh, that's going to be right. coming out. The, the Redo whatever it's it's fine. I posted that on the Facebook page. So I'm glad that the doc brought it up. Yeah, we'll see what they do. <laughs> but it could just be like the Nightbreed series where they're like, "It's coming, guys," and it's like, "Oh, oh, give us time." <laughs> and it's years in the making, so yeah. we'll see what they do. Doug Bradley, you know, just if they attach him, I'll be happy. If they attach somebody else, whatever. But okay. So what else, doc? Uh, I have two more quick things. Uh, one, apparently, Paul Rudd is going to be in Ghostbusters 3. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I'm happy about that. Paul Rudd's available. No, so they, <laughs> they officially, they finally officially signed him. It's official. Yes, they did. Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay, yeah, he cool. did a whole yeah, thing he put a video on the City. Ghostbusters page. Yep. He's going to be busting ghosts or what have you and doing the Paul Rudd thing that he does. Exactly, and you know what? Paul Rudd always makes me happy whenever I see him in something. Yeah. So I can't, I can't hate it. You know what I mean? So whether mm-hmm. or not the the movie's bad, at least I know that he'll be a shining part of it. I dug on it when he posted that video. I'm like, oh man, cool. Like, you know, because Paul Rudd, I'll watch anything he fucking does. You know, he just he makes everything including so Halloween. So whether he's a Ghostbuster. Or just a side character, you know, maybe he'll be William Atherton's brother or something like that. Who knows? You know, for <laughs> Ghostbusters 2020. Okay, well, uh, so we got Paul Rudd, Ghostbusters 2020. And I have one oh, more maybe. item uh, that I want to just throw out there, and I saved this one for last because it's kind of my favorite one, I suppose. But <clears> the <throat> last existing uh, model of Bruce the Shark from the original Jaws movie, of which there were four. Uh, has been languishing uh, in a junkyard, uh, but on display in the owner of the junkyard. So uh, it was purchased by a man named Sam Adlin, uh, who purchased Bruce uh, along with a bunch of old beaten up stunt cars from many different movies where he had the Jaws shark uh, displayed. Um, it's been out in the open air just for years being, you know, uh, uh, increasingly more, uh, dilapidated, uh, but it has been acquired, uh, by none other than Greg Nicotero and his KNB effects studio, uh, and are doing a full restoration 
and Conservation, uh, and it's going to be donated to the Academy Museum of Motion Pictures. Uh, it's been fully transformed. Uh, the only details they need to add are the eyes and the teeth, uh, and this piece of true uh, movie history will be on display uh, for all to see. That's really fucking cool. <laughs> yeah, really awesome. That, that, that this thing was found. It's being restored. Um, and you said they're are they taking it and restoring it and then donating it to the museum? Yes, it is going to be. Let me get the quote. Uh, the Academy. Uh, Museum of Motion Pictures announced on Thursday the sole surviving scale model from Jaws the Shark has been fully transformed into waiting its eyes and teeth. Uh, mm-hmm. Just in time, uh, let's see, the shark was bequeathed to the museum in 2016 bequeathed? by the bequeathed, bequeathed. Uh, so the shark was actually donated uh, by the Adlin family, and it was Greg Nicotero's team that was chosen. Uh, to do the restoration process. Uh, so, okay. yes, this is something that has been donated to the museum. That, okay. that is Booker cool. Uh, on my cousin yeah. once. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, thank you so much, Doc, for those. I uh, want to get into the movie for tonight, Skeleton Key. Uh, so, Monkey, why don't you take us on a journey into the bayous of Louisiana for this pick? Oh, ready. Well, Skeleton Key is the story of Caroline Ellen, a caring hospice nurse who wants to indeed care for her patients in the twilight years Uh, of their lives. Thank you. uh, You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say except you're welcome? (laughs) You're welcome. Continue. All right. All right. But growing tired of the way retirement homes treat their patients, she decides to make a major career change and move her care into the private sector, where she's hot. Private. Where she, Keep going. Where she where <laughs> hired to care for an elderly gentleman and aided by his sister in their large, deserted Louisiana plantation home. As Caroline settles into her new career and new home, she starts to learn that things may not be as they seem. Why is there red brick dust surrounding the home? Why are there no mirrors in the house? And what is this fucking Where's thing all the called cocaine? guru? Yeah. <laughs> and what is it? <laughs> it's with OJ. It's under the floorboards labeled the cure for blindness. We all know this. We've seen that too. All right. Exactly. But, but more importantly, Guerrero. But, but more importantly, what is this thing called voodoo? All right. Now, I chose this movie. Just because I just chose it simply. Oh, see, Andy wouldn't know because he's never fucking seen Labyrinth. <laughs> no, but I chose. Who? But I chose it. Who never saw Labyrinth? And Andy's never seen fucking Labyrinth. I lent him my okay. copy for two. Oh. I lent him my. I lent him my copy for two months, and no, he never got around to watching it. But anyway, seriously, I chose. Yeah, seriously. But I chose this movie just as a bit of a next cleanser, okay? <laughs> For the past month, we've been having fun with our little zany, little low-budget picks, and I just wanted to take a step back to a little bit of a thriller with a budget. So, as far as what I thought of this film, it's a decent Are you throwing screen. shade on my picks right now? Uh-oh. I'm, throwing, I'm talking about all of our picks <laughs> for the past month. But 
and anyway, it's a decent Scream era thriller movie that does seem to have some flaws to it, but it's still, in my opinion, a fun, lighthearted trip into the world of hoodoo. Ooh. <laughs> All right, moving okay. on. Okay. <laughs> uh, Gould, what do you think about Skeleton Key? This was uh, you know, this is, the first, this is the first time for me. Um, I remember the trailers when this came out. Um, <clears throat> I'm always happy to see John Hurt. Uh, you know, nothing personal. You, it's just fun to watch him get hurt. Um, yeah. It's John Hurt. You know what I mean? He's great to see in anything, especially now that, that you know, that he's gone. Um, and he's the war doctor. <laughs> and he's the war doctor, which, yes, forever, for me, he will always be the war doctor. Uh, yeah, this was, it was fun. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a, uh, a movie set in its time. I just feel like it's one of those that I, I don't feel like I missed much. The setting was cool, mm-hmm. but I think overall the film, I don't feel like, oh, my God, like I can't believe I didn't see this back in 2005. It was like, all right, it's an okay movie. Exactly. Right. <laughs> okay, uh, Doc, what would you think about Skeleton Key? Um, I'm going to echo those sentiments, but uh, this was, you know, I have seen this movie before a long time ago. Um, if I remember correctly, and I'm just doing some quick searching just to make sure uh, that I'm correct about this, uh, this might be the last film that I ever rented on a VHS tape. Um, wow. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong about that. Uh, they were still <laughs> making VHS tapes uh, when this came out. Uh, I might have, I've been maybe one, I was maybe really wanting to see it. Um, right. But the DVD was out of rental, so I just rented the VHS. Uh, it might be the last like movie I ever rented on VHS as a piece of trivia. Okay. But, uh, but you know, this you is in that. Well, I'm I'm getting there, man. I'm I, you know I'm gonna give my fucking lead in here, all right? It's not like this is, this is the <laughs> first time that I've ever done anything like this before. Um. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so um, <laughs> watching this skeleton key, uh, in its time, you know, is one of those kind of early two thousands PG thirteen rated horror films. There's some cool stuff there. Uh, some cool performances, uh, you know, seeing Gina Rollins and uh, John Hurt is a treat. And this is in that kind of several year window after Almost Famous where the Hollywood was still trying to figure out what the hell to do with Kate Hudson and was never able to really like adequately use her. Um, nope. But, you know, there's some, some, some decent stuff here. Uh, it's not the best movie I've ever seen. It's certainly not the worst. It's, you know, it's average uh, PG-13 mid-2000 star movie. Yeah. So, King, what did you think, man? Uh, I did see this in the theater when it came out in 2005. Uh, just because I saw the trailer, and I, I, I'm always interested when they want to make a movie about hoodoo and voodoo down in Louisiana. Like, I've always been obsessed with the Louisiana ghost culture and the way that they revere magic and the way that they revere voodoo and everything, all the customs and rituals that go along with it. Uh, so I was excited for this one, and I loved Kate Hudson in Almost Famous. That's probably my favorite Kate Hudson movie. Um, so to see her in this movie, I was like, all right, you know, let's see how she does. Peter Skarsgård, whenever I see him, I'm always like, that's the bad guy. 
Like that's he's gonna be bad. <laughs> like, there's just no way around it. Even if he comes off as good, he's gonna be a dick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The movie is no exception. Um, <clears throat> I liked how they handled something. I felt like the third act kind of was a little muddled, where it's a lot of information dump at once, where you have to kind of accept the fact that hoodoo needs to be accepted. And you need to believe it for it to be real. And if you don't believe it, fuck it. It's not going to happen. But if you do believe it, you will be cursed. Or you will be possessed, you know, as it were. Um, and then watching it for the show, to me, the scariest part of this movie, and I talked about this with the monkey last night, is the opening sequence of this movie where Kate Hudson and Caroline is reading Treasure Island to this man who's dying in this hospice. And he has a family that wants nothing to do with him. So they take his little box of belongings, cross off his name, and throw it in a dumpster. And to me, it's the scariest part of this movie. Forget all the magic. Forget all the hoodoo. That's the scariest part. Because I began to think about that as me being an old person and dying in a hospice hospital. And to be reduced to a box of belongings, and you don't have anybody that wants to pick it up. So you're in a dumpster. And that's it. Every memory that you've had doesn't matter anymore. Everything that you've experienced in your life no longer is a difference. You're just a box of belongings in the trash. And that still affects me to this day, even watching it now. It's such a, a sad way to open the movie and horrify. Yeah, and mm-hmm. as we say on the show, horror is subjective. But, you know, they also nailed the exact same points in the movie Bubba Hotep of just being yeah. forgotten. What's yeah, left of you, you know, every, he, everything that you built up in your entire life is reduced to a shoebox that's thrown into the trash. Mm-hmm. You know, no, no yeah. legacy whatsoever and being forgotten for the ages because no one wants to be a part of your life. You know, yeah, I definitely that's being scary. We're just fucking atoms floating around on a gigantic fucking rock that is really tiny in comparison to the gigantic yeah, fucking universe that it's floating around in, man. You know, we are ultimately, yeah. our importance is our ego. You know what I mean? So, so realistically, like, yes, as dark and depressing as that sequence is, what you really think about with it, though, is, is those are material things. And in the end, you got to wonder, not only... You know, like for me, the thoughts that started going through my head at that period were, well, hey, you know, maybe this guy was a real shitbag to his family. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe he was a guy that was a real asshole. You know, he could have been an he could have been an abuser. There's any number of things that he could have been, which is why his family's not there. I mean, obviously, by the other boxes that are in the garbage. You know, you assume that this is just the norm, that these people are brought to these these homes and that they're there and they're just there left to die alone without anybody taking care of them. Um, You know, that I guess, I mean, that is obviously a, uh, you know, a thing that happens still to this day, all the time, every day. I don't know, man. It's uh, it it, it is a sad truth, but it's it's one that is there. But that's because we put importance on ourselves and we're not important. All we are is dust in the wind. Dude. <laughs> but well <laughs> yeah, we are. But that bit is, I do like the fact that, that Caroline thing. decides to make that new city. <laughs> you know. Was, but she decides she, to look in the newspaper she, and she finds she that talking? ad 
to the man in the mirror? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, she makes that change to decide to take up this caretaker job, uh, $1,000 a week in the, the Terrebonne Parish. Um, taking care of an elderly man played by John Hurt and Gina Rollins, his wife. Um, her friend Jill's like, you don't want to do this. It's in Terrebonne. It's nothing but bayous out there. But she doesn't want to do what she does anymore, which is basically just watch people die. Like, she wants to care for these people, you know, and she has yeah. that background with her dad where she possibly left her dad, you know, at, yeah. a, at a certain point. So yeah, well, there's we, layers well, we to her character that I really think that we're hitting the mark with this movie. That didn't yes, necessarily we, play out in the third act, but I, I found myself caring for Caroline. That she really wanted to make a difference. And if it meant caring for this old man in this, mm, this dilapidated plantation mm, house, that's how she was going to make her mark. Mm. Yeah, well, it's just she wanted to actually care for the people that she was caring for, you know, and actually take care of them in their twilight year, you know, and ma- make it worthy. And to mm-hmm. actually show res- some respect to them. Because they, you know, like you said, they set off early. She's got daddy issues. Something happens where she, you know, we don't know what, but her friend Jill says, you know, hey, you know, these guys, you know, these people aren't your dad. You know, so there's that super quick backstory of something happens. So we know that this is why she has this urge to care for people in their dying years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does. Mm-hmm. She has a... Something about her, you know, just makes her that caretaker. And, yeah. and I love the introduction of Gina Rollins, uh, where it's like, well, oh, she's not going to understand the house. You know, she doesn't have an accent. She's like, well, I'm from fucking Jersey. It's like, ah, oh, I see. It's great. <laughs> you know, we have that character that clearly states they're from New Jersey, and that's why they don't have a southern accent. And it plays out towards the end. You realize why Violet, played by Gina Rollins, is so concerned about uh, Caroline, why she doesn't have an accent, why she won't understand the house, because there's a deeper thing going on that Lou, the lawyer, who plays like Peter Skarsgård, is just like, oh, they're old, they're set in their ways. It's going to be cool. You're cool, right? <laughs> you Everything's know? fine, darling. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just go ahead and do your thing. <laughs> right. <laughs> but you know, like, uh, I mean, I don't know if you guys got that right away, but uh, seeing this movie this time especially, it's like, you know that there's something more at work than just an elderly man and a woman trying to take care of him, and now Caroline's involved. And yeah, I remember the first it, time it, I watched it, it, I'm like, well, there's something, there's, there's some voodoo magic happening. We just, yeah. we need to get there. <laughs> yeah, because the diva watched this with me, and this was her first time watching this movie, and she called everything from the get-go, just like I'm sure the ghoul did. You know, and yeah, this is not heavily written movie. You know, this is not a deep, deep movie in any way, shape, or form. It is just no nope. fluff fun fluff piece, you know. But, you know, this uh, is definitely I, I not did, the I did rainbow. call it pretty early. I called it early. Not, <laughs> it, it, you know, yeah. not early, early, but pretty fairly early in the film. Actually, though, as much as you want to call it a fluff piece, you know, it's funny, but there is a... Sh- I found a strange symmetry to this and Get Out. Yes. You know, yep. this kind of made me feel a little less Original, like, I mean, I guess it made me feel like Get Out wasn't quite as original as it got touted in its time. Now, yeah. now King, King, you talked to me about this last night, so how about you and Ghoul bump heads about this super quick? I, I will, because I completely agree with what the Ghoul is saying. 
um, with Get Out, you have a white family that, after Carl Lewis won the Olympics, decided that they wanted to go after African Americans and put their spirit and their brains into African Americans because they felt like they would make it kind of like the super race. Um, and in this movie, you have kind of the opposite with Papa Justify and Mama Cecile. They just want to live forever. Like, they are not – and that's what I brought up to the monkey last night. M- uh, Mama Cecile and Papa Justify are not beaten slaves where you kind of feel bad for them when they're like, well, yeah, they have to do magic. They are taken care of in their roles in this plantation house. They just want to live forever and practice their magic. And that's what they do with the children in the house. They practice their magic so they can go into different bodies and continue to live forever. So there's no kind of redeeming factor where you're like, Papa, justify Mama Cecile. I get it. I feel bad for them. Like they played it really well in the movie where you just, there's no redeeming factors for either person. No, yeah. I mean, they're, they're I, definitely portrayed as villains, which is what they are. But, I mean... Yeah. Yeah. All right, I, I I understand that, you know, during slavery there were slaves that were treated better or got to live, you know, like we, we heard in uh, in, yeah. in Django Unchained. They got to live in, in the, the big, big house. house. Um, well, we're going to have to burn the sheep. Yeah. <laughs> but there's no such thing as a good slave situation. I guess is is the word I'm looking for there. So you can't really Mm -hmm. say, well, like, you know, well, they they were okay. You you know, you got nothing to feel. Even though they might not have been living Mm. as bad as a slave out in the field getting beaten and whipped and all that shit, they were still slaves. You know, in the end, what happened was, is, you know, when, when people saw them doing something they didn't think they should be doing, they dragged them outside, hung them from a tree, and lit them on fire. And that's the interesting part of the movie because when I watched it in the theaters and I watched it now, I knew that the people being dragged out of the house were not Papa Justify, Mama Cecile. Like, those are the kids. Yeah. Like, they put themselves into those bodies of the kids. So the kids are in the adult bodies of Papa Justify, Mama Cecile. They're the ones that are getting lynched, and they're the ones getting burned. Mm. I don't know how you guys felt about it, but watching this, I'm like, it's so clearly put out there. It's put out there, but at the same time, me personally, it's like I wanted some more acting from Papa and Mama in this scene when they're, you know, we have the lynching scene of some emotional, like, you know, obviously it's a muted scene, so we're not going to have words going on, but some emotional right, right. facial facial acting, body acting of reaching out, some pleading of some kind, you know, something to, you know, show us that it was you know when you go back and maybe watch it the second or third time you know you catch that maybe it wasn't actually mama and papa that were being hung like if we had just well, a little bit more gotten a little bit more acting from the actors you know of some pleading of some kind i think that might have helped out that scene i'm sorry Gould, what were you saying uh, no all i was gonna say is you gotta remember something man and what we learn later in the film most people stroke out once the transfer occurs. So they were stroked right. out, you know what I mean? They wouldn't have been able to communicate uh, or do anything. Yeah, I totally forgot well, about that good point. Well, they're given drugs to stroke rule. them out. Yeah, they're given a special kind of drug to stroke them out, and we see that in the finale uh, that we'll get to. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it was one of those things where it was just telegraphed that way, where I saw it in the theater, I watched it now, I'm like, yes, those are the kids that are in those bodies being set on fire and being hung. You know, the parents don't know that, but that's the way it is. Um, I just kind of felt like Gina Rollins as Violet played it so well in certain scenes, where she's like mm-hmm. this yeah. innocent old woman trying to take care of her husband Ben like that's it like you know mm-hmm. I just I love Gina Rollins and I thought that she really kind of nailed that character just like hey I'm making sweet tea Caroline what's up you know meanwhile Caroline's upstairs listening to the fucking conjuring of the sacrifice records you know and, Please, and trying Lord, to figure out the mystery help, of this house help me Lord oh I gotta move on Lord get me out of this evil place Lord <clears throat> I gotta get to from know. the devil's house Lord what are you listening to <laughs> oh new band Black Sabbath. <laughs> Say backwards. Okay, but I'm going to put this out there because we know where this is going, okay? We know about the body swapping now. We've discussed it. So, does anyone else find it really fucked up that the brother and sister body swap, but they're really a couple? So, that means that while they grew up, we had some major, major Luke Skywalker fucked up Princess Leia shit going on. But oh, they're not man. really brother and sister. They're not. Yeah, they're they're a husband yeah. and wife. Yes, but that's what I'm saying. Like like DNA wise, they're brother and sister. Okay, but they're a couple. So that so still though, you've got some weird fucked up shit going on there. Of Princess Leia and Luke uh, Skywalker kind of. Uh, no, I don't think I, that at all. I see. No, I see. No, I see his point. Even though they're swapped yeah. in, and we know that, like inside, they're they're not brother and sister. Physically, those bodies are brother and sister. So yeah, that is. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, again, if they were to have kids, I mean, there's definitely a good chance of fucking all kinds of crazy <laughs> shit going on the whole nine. <laughs> but. The, but then um, on top of that, when you, when you go to wait, wait, wait. But then on top of that, when you no, go to the no, next, but, but then when you go to the next body swap that's down the road, does that mean you got like some weird ass ageism stuff going on, where you know someone's in there, you know, crack, cracking the pelvic bone, you know, on that old old ass pussy? But mm, probably <laughs> what you know. But well, no, and, we know that yeah. he transferred into the lawyer not too long ago. You know what I mean? That was a recent nope, swap. Yeah. That was. Um, and I like the way that they handled that. And also, like I told the monkey last night, it lends credence to John Hurt as a fucking actor that he oh, could just yeah. act the shit out of this movie by laying in a fucking bed and just basically pointing and shit like that and looking scared. Like, you kind of get behind that. Like, when she is bathing him at one point, and she's like, well, she says that the ghosts live in the mirror, and she puts up the compact of his face. And he looks at it, he goes, oh, shit, like, you know, and freaks the fuck out. And she's like, oh, I'm so no, but, sorry. I'm so sorry, Ben. I didn't mean to. No, but but it's like, yeah, no, but like, he, it's just John Hurt was doing his fucking best, and it worked. Yeah, you know, and he does movie. all of that without any words, though. He does it with straight body acting. And it's just, you know, again, you know, su- <laughs> saluting to John Hurt for actually being able to actually be an actual actor and to, to mm-hmm. pull off the entire scene with no dialogue whatsoever. And this is my question to the Um, With yeah, well, this is my question to the doc. Um, With Caroline being this person that doesn't really believe in the magic of hoodoo at the beginning of the movie, I felt like her transition into believing was really fast. And I know this movie is only like an hour and thirty nine minutes, but I felt like 
her transition from, oh, that's all just bullshit, to I'm going to go to this fucking hoodoo doctor that lives in the fucking laundromat, and I'm going to get some shit, and I'm going to figure out what happened to Ben. I felt like it was just too quick. Like, she really believed in it real fast. Yeah, well, look. Um, and I'm trying to find it. I'm trying to find it in front of me really fast. I'm not seeing on the page I have open a running time. But, yeah, uh, 104 minutes. So uh, an hour and 44 minutes. Um, look, this is a movie that, you know, for the most part moved at a pretty brisk pace. A brisk pace. Mm-hmm. Uh, and given its targeted PG-13 rating, I don't think with the creation of this, uh, they were looking to kind of delve too deep into things. And I think when, and maybe I'm wrong, but as I've listened to our conversation, uh, I feel that maybe we all kind of agree, and maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like maybe we all kind of agree that, like, you know, this is an entertaining movie, uh, but yeah. it kept things close. It kept things in this topic area kind of close to the surface. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, it, of course it happens quickly. Uh, this isn't a movie that's going to explore voodoo, that's going to explore the history of voodoo and the the kind of deeper meanings of voodoo. Like they gave us some, some exposition voodoo. about it and, and hoodoo, excuse me. And, uh, you know, snap, crackle, pop, Kate Hudson is now an expert and a full believer. So, um, <laughs> you know, when you're dealing with a, a light PG-13 horror from the mid-2000s, that sounds just about right to me. Yeah. And yeah, this is I, a follow-up re- question I have real quick uh, for the doc and for the ghoul and the monkey as well. Because the monkey and I talked about this last night. We find out in the movie that red bricks us. If you put it in doorways, anybody that means you harm cannot enter. Like, if they believe in hoodoo and everything like that, they cannot enter the premises. Oh, you're bringing this up. <laughs> I am, because I want to bring this up, because I want to see what everybody else's thoughts on it were. Um, Kate Hudson's character, Caroline, goes with Luke to the gas station she saw earlier in the film where there's French-speaking people that obviously believe in this shit. And so why? she goes there with Luke to find out some answers, and Luke, at first, goes up to the red brick dust, and he doesn't move. So I'm like, okay, well, obviously he can't enter this premises because he might mean to do harm to people. But a second later, he's inside talking to the proprietor of the gas station. So that led me to think, well, how is he entering this premises? Like the red brick dust. Who does he mean harm to? Right. That was my whole question because the monkey said it. He didn't mean harm to the people that were in the gas station. No, he already did his business. The old lady is the sister. That's right. I was just kind of curious watching it going, well, wait a second. Shouldn't he have been kept at bay from that red brick dust? But like the monkey had said, apparently, you know, if you, if you don't mean any harm to the people that are inside, you can cross over that red brick dust. Mm-hmm. Right. But again, if you have... If you have do not intend harm to the people, then you can cross the brick dust. But then, that being said, the king brought up this fucked up thing. All right, is he brought up the point of, okay, what if you go into the house or the building or whatever, and you do not mean any harm to any of these people? But then, like, say some shit goes down, like, you know, the party goes bad, someone's talking shit to you, and you end up in a state of meaning harm to the person who threw that brick dust down. Then what happens? Does that brick up like throw you out of the fucking building? 
or does right it now. show you? It's I don't think a, it works that way. I think it could only repel um, from harm. I can't, they can't stop harm from within. I guess if you're already inside, there's not the, the red red dust isn't going to do shit. You know what I mean? It's, it just restrains yeah. you from entering. So once you're in and somebody, like, you know, says something to you where you want to harm them, you can harm them. It doesn't matter if the red brick dust is outside of that building. It also could be a thing of whether, I mean, again, you know what? You're looking for depth in something that's not very deep. I mean, you can read that a number <laughs> of ways. I was. You could turn around and be like, you know, it's it's reading the evil that's in your heart and knows if you're a harmful fucking human being. You know, what constitutes a person that is meaning harm, you know? Um, what I would wonder is if, let's say, you were able to enter, but something did occur, mayhaps you can't leave. Right. Ooh. Well, that's what led me to that whole third act of the film, when she goes back to the plantation house. You know, loaded with this knowledge of what's really going on, and she's going to take on Violet, and she's going to defeat whatever's going on in this house, and she decides to take that page out of the hoodoo book and create the circle, and she's going to get the hair and the blood and the chalk and make this circle so that she can be protected and defeat Mm -hmm. people at the same time, but she's not understanding of what that circle really means, and that's what I kind of liked about this sequence. She doesn't completely understand the background of what that circle really is. You know, holding that knife and trying to go up against violence. Like, yeah, you don't really fucking understand, do you, Caroline? I, I personally found this whole scene funny as shit just, just because Caroline's in there trying to do this. And, you know, she thinks she's got her shit down and violence. Like, what, you want to throw down, bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, girl, you don't understand what you just stepped into. <laughs> you know, like, you're going to get in a whole world of hurt. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you don't even know. You know, I mean, I, I just, I loved it. Because it's uh, uh, somebody like Caroline uh, who thinks they have a complete understanding of hoodoo because they listen to one record and they visit the laundromat where there's a witch doctor. And she's like, uh, I know it now. Just like an average fucking groupie. You listen to just one record and you think you know the entire catalog. She's a band-aid, man. <laughs> yeah. She's a band-aid, not a groupie. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. Penny Lane is talking famous? about. Okay, sorry. <laughs> but it's true. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's one of the she obviously got a crash course <laughs> from whoever it is that ran the laundromat thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, you could you coming a mile away that obviously that was the going to be the big turn that she was just screwing herself. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when she brings her friend Jill, you know, who Jill says, oh, there's a laundromat where there's, you know, hoodoo doctors in there and they could give you whatever you need. And she's like, what, you don't want to go in there with me? She's like, fucking hell no. Like, I have no interest. And she's like, what, Jill doesn't want to go in? She's like, yeah, I don't because there's fucking sick shit in there. I don't want to get involved. I'm out of here. Thank you, Jill. Smartest fucking character in this movie. <laughs> but, you know, which I want which nothing to do with any of this. Good luck, Caroline. Which like, you know, place you're on later? Your own. Which place later? I was like, finally, you know, there's an actress that gets you know. it in this movie. 
who has no interest. She knows how bad this shit is. You know? Yeah, and well, I mean, regardless, regardless, regardless of all that, Jill, they don't really. Jill is who's next. <laughs> okay. Sorry. But we'll but we will get we will get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I agree. You know, I I personally enjoy the character of Jill just because she was that smart motherfucker in the horror movie that so far had the sense to be like, you know, you know what? Fuck all this shit. I'm out. Boom. You know, no, I'm not going <laughs> to the scary. I'm not going to the scary voodoo store. <laughs> How do you spell watching you know? Walkowitz anyway? Mm. Look it up. It's in the book. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but, like the monkey had said, she used the one that's saying, "Don't get involved with this shit. Just fucking leave." Like he's not that important. Yeah. You know, he's an old fucking. You don't even really know. You know, just walk away, man. Just fucking pack your shit and go. Mm. Not that big of a deal. Like, well, I have to. It's like, mm. <laughs> you know, but, when she tells her, like, this isn't your dad. Stop trying to make it a ten-year plan. Not dying. <laughs> loose skin and his old balls. <laughs> but but we have, of course Caroline has to be also, completely involved in this and has to solve the whole thing. Um, yeah, you know, including going back to the house at the end of the movie, going up to the attic and creating that circle that she thinks is going to keep Violet out after Violet fell from a fucking two-story fucking landing and still coming after her, broken like bones fucking and all. Michael Myers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> And she's like, yeah. oh, child, exactly. you think that's really yeah. meant to protect you? It's meant to hold you in. She's like, oh, <laughs> fuck. I don't believe. I don't believe in this shit anymore. It's like, no, you're too late. You're too fucking late. Yeah. They play no, but it's like, like, And I love the fact that they <laughs> they don't go completely into it, but it's the fact that both Violet and Luke, they you know, as the personalities of Papa Justify and Mama Cecile, played her like a fucking fiddle. They got her to mm-hmm. voodoo. Because they knew that's how they were going to get her body. And this is one of those things where this, I, I really, really enjoyed this part of the movie more so than anything else. Just because not so much of, you know, the horror or the, you know, thriller or anything like that. It was this part of it I really enjoyed just because it was kind of like Ocean's Eleven where it was just a really good fucking scam movie. Where it's like right. you know they pulled they pulled off the heist they sit there and got the people to do what they needed to do so that they could sit there and pull off the heist that they needed to do and that involved Caroline needing to believe and they, after all of their Scooby Doo shit that they set up she fucking fell for it she did she fell for it hook line and sinker and that's why I had such a problem when she's in the circle. And she's holding that knife up to Violet, and Violet has the mirror to show her the spirits of the house. And she's screaming at Violet, I don't believe, I don't believe, over and over again. It's like, but you do. Like, you <laughs> do believe in this. Because if you didn't, it would have no effect. You would have not yeah. made that circle. You would have said, I don't believe, and the spirits wouldn't be able to get you. But because you fucking do. That's what kind of really made that impact even more so, was the fact that she does. Like she's lying to herself. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because we have done this, uh, well, they have done this over and over and over again. Like, they mentioned earlier in the movie about how, you know, you leave just like all the others left. You know, because apparently this is their scheme. This is what they do is they put out the ads. 
they draw young women in to sit there and become, sorry, a hospice, you know, for right. the house and bring them in. That, that's a scam. That's what they do. And they're trying to find the perfect candidate, and they found it here. And yeah, well, wonder, it like, time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the perfect candidate. They finally found one that fell for it, essentially. Um, right. You know, yeah. like she said, the other ones have left and whatnot. But, you know, she wanted a black one. You know, that's that's what she's been wanting, yeah. you know. Yep. And he says the whole thing, you know, that, well, they they know better, you know, because they grew up in that mm. area. The locals, they, they know mm-hmm. the kind of shit that goes down. Um, mm. So it's, it, it's, it's a matter mm. of, I think, I think she was more of a convenience and her naivety and her steadfast need to believe that what she was doing was helping is what Mm -hmm. ultimately led to her downfall there. Yeah. Yeah. And And that's, yeah, like we had talked about when she showed up and and Violet says, well, she doesn't have an accent. She's not going to know the house and kind of setting that up. Like, she, yeah. Mom Cecile does not want to go into a body of a woman that doesn't have a Cajun accent. Because it's just not going to work wanna, for her. She, like, she wanna, needs she to have that Cajun accent yeah, no. to continue. She, she, she doesn't want to be in a Jersey bitch. That's it. <laughs> but, oh, no, she doesn't. Well, but no. Rewinding. I think, I think the bigger oh, problem ahead, is that it's harder. It's harder. It's not that she want, doesn't want to be in a body that doesn't have a Cajun accent. It's going to be weird when all of a sudden Catherine starts talking with a Cajun accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the problem. It's it's more of blowing the cover Mm -hmm. is the problem there. And that being said. Yeah. Go ahead, Monkey. uh, I just want to sit there and rewind back to the ceremony, okay? Because we have the ceremony that happens. All right. We have the mirror come flying at Caroline, all right, and we have the whole thing of her waking up. And King, this is where you personally had your revelation of, okay, we're not getting a happy ending. We're not. And I thought it was fucking brilliant. When I saw it in the theaters and I saw it now, I fucking loved it. It wasn't Caroline getting up after being knocked down by the mirror and going, oh, well, I, I guess I defeated evil. Like, I, I, I did it. Like, you know, and I'm going to walk out, and I'm just going to live my life again. No, you're not, because Mama Cecile has your fucking body. I loved it when you see Caroline get up, and she reaches down for the cigarette, pulls up that lighter, and you can tell fully that Mama Cecile is in that body now, smoking that cigarette, talking to Luke, who's Papa Justified. It is the ultimate unhappy ending, and it worked for me. Like I bought it, and I was so happy that they went that way. Yeah, I, and especially in this age where we were having so many happy endings at the end of horror movies, you know, the the MTV, the, as like we call it, PG-13 era, you know. So I fucking loved that we had an ending where, you know, she picks up the cigarette, like you said, looks down, and she just, you know, looks at <clears throat> what is now Caroline in <laughs> Violet's body, and, she, and she's just like, oh, child. <laughs> but don't forget, don't forget also – uh, in that in that time period, you had someone, a performer who was still, uh, you know, in some ways a, a, a marquee box office attraction. Like this movie was a was a Kate Hudson oh, yeah. vehicle. Like her is the sole name yeah. above the title. Uh, so for this to have an 
unhappy ending uh, with with Kate Hudson's character uh, facing her demise. I think that there, for its time in 2005, an element of surprise there as well. Yeah, it needed to happen. This movie needed it, uh, at least in my yeah. opinion. I don't know what you guys thought. No, I absolutely agree, man. Where it's like again. We had so many happy endings at the end of movies where you have the heroine always survived, blah, blah, blah. You know, it was a, a wonderful twist that this movie desperately needed just because, again, you know, I picked it. But, yeah, it was a light movie, and it needed that ending to sink it. It needed that ending to make it work. If it had had a happy I, ending, this movie totally wouldn't have worked at all. And Sorry, I feel well, like all they were doing – no, you're good, man. I just – I feel like with this ending – I mean, yeah, I enjoyed it. I feel like it was the right way to go, but I don't feel like mm-hmm. they were breaking any ground with it or anything. I mean, you got to remember, this is around the same time as The Ring and The Grudge and all of those other Japanese and then eventually American version movies were coming out, and they all ended up having, you know, endings that were quote-unquote twists or non-finality right. ends, you know, where something was still going on, even though you thought you won and defeated evil, but no, She's really now your mother. Um, you know, that, that, that was kind of the, the norm. This is 2005, and all those films were 2002, 2003, and so forth, you know, as far as the American versions go. Right. Yeah, and what I love about the ending is that before Caroline is possessed, she calls 911, and then she calls Jill and leaves a voice message saying, you know, this is all real. Like, it's all happening. It's all real. You need to get here. So when you see... Violet being wheeled out on the stretcher, Violet as Violet, Caroline sees <laughs> you know Jill and she starts freaking out, going yes yes come on you know but she's already been fed that you know that whole thing that's going to give her you know the paralyzation you know that she can't right. talk anymore she can't articulate things anymore so Jill's just kind of going oh well Caroline's okay I guess because Caroline's here and she's saying oh no everything's fine like you know it's they had a they had an attack and you know I, I guess I'm gonna have to become the caretaker of the home now. Yeah, Luke saying that Caroline is now the homeowner that they signed everything over to her. So it's kind of all wrapped up in a neat little fucking package. And you're never gonna understand that Caroline is now in that body of Violet and Luke is in that body of Ben. And it's such a brilliant fucking place. Like it's it's still, I love that ending. Yeah, and like the ghoul said, they're already prepping Jill for the next scene because they want a black girl, and Jill already believes heavily. So, you know, they, they've already got their next victim in sight, you know, so. Yeah, I don't know, though. Yeah, they're... I don't, I don't, yeah. They'll I still use that her way. friendship. Uh, they'll use her friendship as a means of keeping her close to eventually just pull it off and give her that black girl. And I'm sure Papa justify. You know, wants to get all up in that black ass again, too, you know? It's yeah, and I love the fact that, that Peter Skarsgård goes upstairs and he puts on that fucking ring. That uh, yeah. weird serpent ring. The snake ring. <laughs> that probably uh, justify had. His you big old pimp ring. Yeah. But I don't know if Jill is going to be as susceptible to it as Caroline was. Like, I think she's going to figure it out. Like, I know there, there wasn't a skeleton key, too, which, thank God, it didn't happen because I think this is a one-off. But... I think that Jill is a much stronger character in knowing that you can't trust shit. You know, especially if they start talking about magic and shit like that. It's like, I'm out of here. Yeah. She, again, because, like the ghoul said, the black girls don't fall for that shit. 
And that's what I love <laughs> well, that they dro- no, and I love that they dropped yeah. that line just because again we all sit there and went to the cinema and shared the cinema with the black audience. We all know we did it. And what did you always hear from the black women in the audience? Oh, girl, get out of there! Get out of there, bitch! Run, bitch! Run! Yeah. <laughs> it's like you hear. You can't it, trust white people. Shit. Yeah, and I. You know, and for me, I fucking loved that as part of that era of going to movies is having that audience interaction of just, you know, all the black, black women in the audience going, run, bitch, run. It's like, because they know better. <laughs> yeah. And I, I you know, in, in closing it out with Skeleton Key, I love the fact that they went with the hoodoo angle of what was going on and not voodoo, where they're like, oh, voodoo is evil. It's so weird and fucking weird. You know, it's. No, they went hoodoo, which is all about magic. It is all about no. being about yourself and it's all about games and what you could do with it. Whereas voodoo is more religion, where it's all about kind of worshiping gods and more based in Roman Catholic uh, traditions. Whereas hoodoo is just straight up magic. Mm. And that's why I was kind of glad they went yeah. that way rather than saying, oh, it's all voodoo, child. No, hoodoo mm-hmm. is how they're doing it. And that's yeah. what I really appreciate no. about it. No, which they, well, said, all, which they also said is an all-American mixed-up gumbo kind of thing of, you know, voodoo, Catholicism. You know, it's an all-American kind of thing of magic where if you believe it. Voodoo, voodoo, doo-doo, caca, <laughs> Who do that voodoo so well? <laughs> but all right, so that was Skeleton Key. I mean, I, I really had a good time with it. I mean, I, I was glad to revisit it after a couple of years. Um, yeah. Again, Aaron Kruger wrote the script. I don't like Aaron Kruger because he is the screenwriter behind Scream 3, which I fucking hate mm. that movie because it's so weak. But for him to deliver a script that's actually kind of good, I was kind of giving him a pass. But that third act. It, it takes a lot to get through, or you kind of have does. to it does. believe a lot yeah. of what he's putting out there really quickly it, to kind of end this it, movie. It very much falls into the timeline of horror movies that were coming out at that time. It really, really does. Yeah, it definitely has that vibe of the early 2000s. Uh, like yeah. Doc had said, PG-13 horror. You know, let's get the audiences in there. We have Gina Rollins, who the year before was in The Notebook which is a fucking smash hit. You know, let's have John Hurt in there, who people recognize, and Kate Hudson, young youth actors from Almost Famous. Yeah, I mean, and she was in a movie in 1980 called Gloria that was remade with Sharon Stone back in the early 2000s. So that's another uh, movie to revisit if you want to see Gina Rollins in a film. Mm. Um, She was married to John Cassavetes for a while, uh, who was in Rosemary's Baby. Um... Mm-hmm. As Guy Woodhouse, so there's a, a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff that Gina Rowling did, um, you know, back in the '70s too. I, mean, I can list a whole bunch of movies she was in, but I don't really appreciate them. Um, now, anyway, next week who, it is the Ghouls pick. So what do you have for us? Ghouls pick. Well, I have been bouncing back and forth whether I want to go with bouncing. something intelligent that I've never seen before. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, that is from the 80s or something that mm-hmm. is also from the 80s but looks to be more fun. I have never seen either of these films. Um, 
I almost want to leave it to the. I'm going to leave it to the coin. That's what I'm going to do. Ooh. That's what makes oh, my life okay. good. Flip it. Flip it. Okay. Flip that coin. I'm going to. F- okay. I'm going to flip that All right, shit. Hold on. Flip face. that shit. Do that shit. All right. So, Come on, hold it down. So if it's heads, it's the one. If it's tails, it's the other. So I'm going to close my eyes and flip this a couple of times because I've got a flip app. And it added it 25 times. My bad. All right, here we go. We're just going to hit it once. <laughs> Get to it, man. Hit it once. <laughs> All right. We are going with fun. We are going to go with Don't Go in the Woods from 1982, I think it is. Oh. That's a fun one. That is schlock. We're gonna go fun. Oh. We're gonna go silly. It's summertime. Let's 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 go Don't easy. Don't go into the woods you know? alone. Uh, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The full title. Wait, Don't go wait. in the woods alone. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I'm seeing two different things here. Is it uh Don't Go in the Woods? Oh, never mind. Don't I go think- in the woods from 1981. Oh, don't go in the woods. 1981. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it, it is box art that I remember clearly. Um, it is also box art that I, I had mistakenly identified as maniac at times. Um, wow. 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 Yes, yes, yep. yes. So it is one that I have you know, I has wait. been in my yeah. my eye since I was a kid, but I've never gotten around to seeing it. Sweet. I do remember you telling me a couple, like, I guess a month or two ago, that you wanted to cover it. I'm like, let's fucking do it. Like, it's such oh, a schlocky, month? fucking stupid Dude, movie. no, that was <laughs> like six months ago, bro. Remember, I wanted to cover what it, and I said it? I was going to hold on to wow. it for, yeah, I was going to hold on to it for April. Wow. For April Fool's. That's but a then, long uh, time, because I don't remember you talking yeah. to me about it, and you're like, should I? I'm like, do it. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. I love this movie. It's so <laughs> schlocky and stupid. That it's going to be great for an episode next week. So don't go into the woods alone. We're going to be talking about it. Uh, thank you so much, Doc, for joining us. We hope to see you here next week. Uh, I should be. Uh, it looks like this movie is available for your viewing pleasure on the YouTubes. Yes, it is. Great. Uh, great. You can find it on either uh, Shutter or Prime as well. Yep. Oh, very good. Both ways. Nice. All right. Mucky, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? All right. Thanks for listening to tonight's very special 4th of July episode of Talking Terror. And remember, kids, don't forget to leave out Slim Jims and a bottle of whiskey for Kid Rock tonight, or he won't leave you any fireworks in the morning. Good night, everybody. Ball with a ball. We love you. Did you just say that out loud? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, go ahead and sort of plug as we sign off. Oh, we got 90 seconds, so I'm going to be quick, man. Get your asses over to Bonfire Beat Designs on Etsy. You can also find her on Facebook, but again, Etsy is the place to go. Make your purchases, buy some jewelry. There are still cock pics. There are still pussy pics. You want a cock, you want a pussy. Buy yourself something from Bonfire Beat Designs, all one word, on Etsy. You'll get that shit. Hit that catchphrase. Stay scared. My bad. (laughs) Too busy yelling. And until next we meet. (laughs) How is that different than any other day? We're going into the woods alone next week, so we hope you join us. 
to talk about that film. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. We'll catch you next time, fans. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.